really, really wanted to preach something else tonight. Uh, in fact, I pressed the Lord all day wanted to preach on something else. I had my choice, and uh, the Lord led us for me tonight to so come in and preach it. I want to preach on uh, tonight how to deal with enemies. And uh, I, in fact, I'll be off with you. I was looking for y'all's uh, kind of a testifying and wanting to get over there in, in uh, 1 Samuel 17. Three main enemies in David's life. We let me say it real quick, just get out of my system. Three main enemies in David's life. Uh, several enemies over time, but uh, of course we know when we think about David, we automatically think about David and Goliath. That was an enemy David had to face. Uh, numerous times we see him dealing with the Philistines. That's an enemy David had to face. And uh, then we see him uh, time and time again dealing with Saul. That's an enemy. Those three enemies, by the way, represent something. Goliath's a picture of Satan. We'll, we'll look at that when we look at it in more detail. Uh, only dealt with him once. Okay. Right when he really comes on the scene, he deals with Goliath. That's Satan. Philistines, they're a picture of the world. Deals with them all the time. I mean, the whole life and ministry of David dealing with Philistines. Then Saul, he's a picture of the flesh. In fact, uh, as I was reading just a minute ago, and I hadn't thought about this. Let me read it to you real quick. Uh, the Bible said, you'll have turned. Uh, verse 33 of chapter 17, Saul said to David, Thou art not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him, for thou art but a youth, and he a man of war from his youth. Ain't that how our flesh works? Everything's going to do for the Lord. Tells him, you can't do that, you can't do that. Here's, here's a picture of Saul. He dealt with Saul until Saul was off the throne. All right? Finally, Kirk, he got, got victory over Goliath. That's a picture of Satan. Got victory over the Philistines. That's a picture of the world. And eventually, Ron, he got victory over Saul. That's a picture of the flesh. Well, he had to get victory over Saul, over the flesh. Had to get him off the throne. Boy, I'm about to come unglued. I might preach again. Uh, I was thinking about that. There's so many people, it seems like they can't get victory over their flesh. Let me tell you how to do it. Get him off the throne of your heart. Is that right? Oh, my David. David never had victory over Saul as long as Saul was on the throne. But when Saul was removed from the throne, David got victory. And I say I'm glad we have a Savior that desires to be the king of our heart, sit on the throne of our heart and life. You can get victory over the flesh tonight, but you don't have to let the Lord, the Spirit of God, sit on the throne and rule your life. What about that? That's a blessing to me. That's what I really want to be tonight in myself, but the Holy Ghost just won't let me do it tonight. Daniel chapter 9. Be a little bit of a recap. We've looked at this before. Some of you were here, no doubt. Some of you may not have been, but Wendy asked me a question the other night. She, I don't know if she's been serious or not, but I took it serious. Uh, she asked me, said she'd like for me to do a study on uh, things such as the mark of the beast and uh, Antichrist, different things like that. And uh, I really, I, I just kind of thought it back in my mind, Wendy, and I thought I'd do that sometime. And uh, then I talked to another gentleman today, this week, and he made a statement to me that really broke my heart. He said, uh, he said the same thing. In fact, he said, I, I wish somebody do a study on the mark of the beast. Now, this man, uh, by his testimony, said that he said, because I surely don't want to take it. And I thought to myself, God help me. I don't mean this ugly. I hope he's not listening. Now, if he is, I don't mean this disrespectful. But I thought that shows uh, uh, that shows a, uh, what's what I want to use? I want to say ignorant. But ignorant is probably a good word. That shows a Ignorant believer, right? About the, a child of God cannot take the mark of the beast. We'll be gone when the mark of the beast comes into scene. Now, I do believe there's things that's happening today preparing those that will be left behind for the mark of the beast, but uh, I'm not worried about the mark of the beast. I mean, I, really, I'm all for learning about it, but I'm not worried about it. I'll be here when that takes place. Isn't that right? And uh, so, with that being said, uh, that's where we're headed. I'm going to do a little series on prophecy. I'm not going to go too in depth, but. We'll look at some of those things that have been interest to you. But before we get there, uh, we're going to have to look at Daniel chapter 9, one of the most beautiful pieces of prophecy in your Bible. And uh, it gives a timeline is what it gives. And uh, so we understand that going forward. It'll make prophecy much easier for us, all right? Uh, look with me in verse 24. You don't have to stand tonight. I'll read a few verses, then we'll be much different. I'm going to do a lot more teaching than I do preaching tonight. Uh, but we'll just do our best to remind the Lord. Bible said in verse 24, 70 weeks are determined upon thy people, upon thy holy city, to finish the transgression and to make an end of sins, make reconciliation for iniquity, 
bring in everlasting righteousness and to seal up the vision and prophecy and to anoint the most holy. Know therefore and understand that from the going forth of the commandment to restore and build Jerusalem unto the Messiah the Prince shall be seven weeks. Three score and two weeks the street shall be built again and the wall even in troublous times. Verse 26, and after three score and two weeks shall Messiah be cut off, but not for himself. And the people of the prince that shall come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary. And the end thereof shall be with a flood, and unto the end of the war desolations are determined. Verse 27, he shall confirm the covenant with many for one week. And in the midst of the week he shall cause the sacrifice and the oblation to cease, and for the overspreading of abominations he shall make it desolate, even until the consummation and that determined shall be poured upon the desolate. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, Lord, I sure love you tonight. Lord, I'm thankful for the privilege of the honor to be here. Lord, I'm thankful for those that are here tonight. Lord, I pray for those that were unable to be here. Lord, I realize there's so many grieving over the loss of loved ones, many sick, many, uh, Lord, that are troubled tonight. Lord, I pray you touch them. Some traveling, Lord, I pray you give them safety. Lord, whatever the situation, whatever the reason, Lord, I pray you touch as only you can. Lord, we pray tonight for those that are here under the sound of my voice. Lord, I pray if there's one discouraged, would you encourage their heart? Lord, if there's one over the far distance away, would you draw them up close to you once again? Lord, I pray most of all, if they've been one of the midst lost, none without you, would you save them before it's everlasting too late? Help us tonight as we study your word together. Lord, we realize and are aware that unless you illuminate our hearts to the truth of your word, Lord, there'll be no understanding. There'll be no clarity. Lord, I pray you'd help us with that tonight. Lord, I pray you'd help each one of us to leave understanding your word better than when we came. Lord, we'll thank you and praise you for all that you've done, all that you're going to do, for you're worthy of it tonight. We ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. All right. Uh, so tonight I'm going to deal with, uh, uh, rather familiar, it should be familiar to you. If, if not, that's all right. But uh, you've probably over some time heard some preaching about this. I'll deal with Daniel's 70 weeks. Now, uh, I'm going to write Daniel, uh, Daniel's 70 weeks. I'm just curious. I know some of you have heard me, but I've done it here. How many of you have never heard a message on Daniel's 70 weeks? Raise your hand real quick. All right, more than Okay, Daniel's 70 weeks. Okay, all right, now. Uh, some things real quick. Now, if you'll bear with me, I've got a lot of introduction, okay? Several things we've got to understand because if we're going to study prophecy, uh, we've got to look at it uh, several ways. We've got to look at it as a puzzle piece, almost. It's almost a jigsaw puzzle. Nancy, God did not put all the prophecy together. It's scattered throughout Scripture. And uh, there's several key things that God deals with in prophecy. He deals with two advents, the first coming of Christ, and the second coming of Christ. Within that, uh, there's also the church age, that valley. You ever heard me talk about the mountain peaks of, prom of prophecy, the first coming of Christ, that's one mountain, and uh, the second coming of Christ, that's another mountain. And the Old Testament saints, the prophets, they saw those two mountain peaks. What they did not see, what was hidden to them, was the church age, that valley in between. Uh, Kirk, most of the prophets believed that God would uh, that God would send His Son; He'd come before a virgin. That's clearly prophesied in the Old Testament. But Nancy, they believed immediately He would set up His kingdom. Uh, but thank God, that, that's not what happened. Between those two peaks, uh, there is a valley of the church age. That's where you and I live now. Aren't you glad for the dispensation of grace? Aren't you glad that God made a way that you and I could be grafted in? Uh, I say thank God for that tonight. But when we study prophecy, uh, we must make distinctives between the first coming and the second coming of Christ. Now, uh, also we must look at it as a whole. It's very dangerous to take one piece of prophecy and to interpret that solely on its own. We must look at the prophetic calendar as a whole. We must look at all of it to determine uh, where we're at. Now, a few things here at Daniel chapter 9 we've got to keep in remembrance. Number one... Uh, I've heard people all my life say that God looks at humanity in two categories. He sees those that are saved, and he sees those that are lost. Anybody ever heard that? Raise your hand. Well, I've heard it all my life. Problem is, it's wrong. 
Thank, I'll show you. You don't have to turn, but if you take a note tonight, jot this down, you go back and read it. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 32. Here's what Paul said. Give none offense, neither to the Jews, that's one, nor to the Gentiles, that's two, nor to the church of God, that's three. God used man in three categories. The Jew, the Gentile, and the church. Yeah. All right? Yeah. Okay, well, now, I'm going to hurry in a minute. Is that right? Three categories. Jew, Gentile, church. Must understand that to understand Daniel's 70 weeks. God views humanity in three parts. Jew, Gentile, church. Three distinct, different categories. The, the church has not replaced the Jew. Is that right? A whole lot of prophecy gets missed in church today. And all kinds of crazy things are made because they want to make the, the church a spiritual Jew. That's not right. Is that right? Church has not replaced the Jew. Jew, Gentile, church. One old preacher said it like this. The Jew and the church are two railroad tracks that while they do run parallel with one another, they never intersect. They never merge into one. They're headed to the same place, but they never merge together. We'll see that as we study prophecy. We must understand, first of all, three different categories. Jew, Gentile, church. God making the distinction. Now, second thing we must keep in mind is this. God only deals with one of those at a time. Make sense? Now, when I say that, I understand that right now God is dealing with Jew, Gentile, uh, saving them. But this is the dispensation of grace. This is the church age. God is dealing and operating through the church. Is that right? Yeah. Don't get excited about that. That's, that's worth getting excited about, friend. I'm glad, thank God, he saves you, makes you a part of his body. Then he uses you. That's a blessing, friend, that uh, before Calvary, God dealt with the Jews. Yeah. Is that right? That, that's why the Jews got to such an uproar in the book of Acts, that transition period between dispensations. They couldn't believe on after all these years that God would allow a Gentile to be saved and then use that Gentile. How could that be? God only operates with one. They look at Jew and Gentile. God had transitioned in the book of Acts to the... So he only deals with one of those, only works with one of those, operates through one of those at a time. So that's important. We'll talk more about that in a minute. It'll, it'll make sense in a few minutes. Uh, he deals um, he deals primarily in Scripture with the Jew when it comes to prophecy. Much more of the Scripture uh, prophetically is given toward the Jew uh, than it is to the church. There are some. I'm not saying all of it, but he says much more about the Jew than he does uh, either Gentile or to about the church Except for, this is interesting, the only place that, that that becomes different is in the book of Daniel. book of Daniel, he's not dealing with the Jew, he's dealing with the Gentiles. All right? Remember, it's been several months, probably over a year now we looked at the book of Daniel, but remember, is it chapter, chapter 5, is that right? Uh, where Nebuchadnezzar has that dream, that golden image. That's not dealing with the Jew, that's dealing with Gentile powers that's going to have rule and reign. That's dealing with these Gentile, uh, maybe I ought to go back and look at all that too. I don't know, you look at me like you even heard this, but uh, uh, it's dealing with Gentiles. The book of Daniel is a, of a book of Gentile politics, uh, but primarily he's dealing with the Jew. All right, what else? Number three, something else we keep in mind. At this point, Daniel chapter 9, Daniel and the nation of Israel are still in captivity. Um, in the previous verses of chapter 9, it becomes obvious that Daniel is troubled concerning the future of the Jews. Now, that makes sense. Daniel's been taken, the Jews and Daniel have been taken out of uh, their home, out of Jerusalem, out of Israel. They've been shipped off to, uh, they've been shipped off to Babylonian captivity. Uh, they, they, several are being born that's never known anything about their home. Daniel here uh, in chapter 9 no longer a youth, he's got some age on him, and uh, he's troubled. It's been several years now, Ronald, and he's wondering these things. He's asking himself here in chapter 9, will the temple ever be rebuilt? It's been destroyed. Uh, he's asking, uh, will the city of Jerusalem ever be restored? He's asking, what does the future hold for the nation? Will we always be here? What's going to happen in the future 
with the nation of Israel. That's what's on Daniel's mind. Now, as he's praying concerning these matters, God sends Gabriel in our text who reveals to him the truth concerning these things. And what is, no doubt, the most detailed prophetical timeline you'll find in the scriptures. There in Daniel chapter 9, what I read to you a moment ago, most detailed prophecy you'll find in scriptures. We'll see that in a few minutes. Number four, I know this is going to seem strange, but this is key to understanding Daniel chapter 9. We'll ask you a question. How many days are in the year? 365. How many days in the Jewish calendar? 360. 360. Yeah, 52 weeks in a year. That's not even two years. We know it's been far longer than that. So the answer is this. What about that week? What week? Now, you and I, we think about the number of days, the word weeks. We think about what? We think about seven days. Is that right? But here in Daniel, this is not a week of days, but rather a week of years. Okay? What I mean by that is this. One week, you and I know one week equals seven days. In Daniel, one week equals seven years. Yeah. A collect that week, it means a collection of seven. It's a week, a seven years, one week. You looking like you're not with me. Are you with me? Maybe kind of sort of. Seventy weeks, seventy times seven, four hundred and ninety years. With me? I promise, if you're not with me, we'll be here in a minute. I promise. One week equals seven years. Alright. So that means that 70 weeks equals 490 years. Well, that makes a little bit more sense. But it's still been far more than 490 years. Is that right? And the Jews still right. That's that seems like a contradiction that we know of course in our Bible we know there are no contradictions there are no discrepancies so that means that there must be something we're not seeing it must be something we're not interpreting correctly so let's look at it together let's look at a few things alright 70 weeks that's 490 years that one week equals 7 years alright now notice with me that these 70 weeks in our text or 490 years, or split up or divided in two parts. Would you look with me? Um, in verse number 25, 70 weeks, verse 24, verse 25, Know therefore and understand that from the going forth of the commandment to restore and build Jerusalem under the Messiah the Prince shall be seven weeks. Is that right? Notice what it says after that. And, that's addition, and three score two weeks. All right, how much is a score? You might know. 20. 20. So three score would be what? Six. Three score and what is it? Three score and two. What would that be? 62. And seven weeks. So what's that? 62 plus seven. 69. Right? So this division of 70 weeks is split up like so. 69 weeks 
in one way. Now, when you get on down, you're going to find out something else. Those 69 weeks are also split as well. Right? What did the Bible say? Seven weeks. Is that right? And three score two weeks. Right? So evidently, God is making a distinction as well that these 69 weeks are split into seven weeks and 62 weeks. Right? Make up those 69 weeks. Now, I know that's real complicated. I know we ain't used to doing math while we're preaching. But if you'll stay with me, it's going to be a good minute, I promise. Okay? So, 70 weeks split into 69 and one. All this deals with the Jewish nation. We understand that. Those 69 weeks split into two. Now, we've got to find out what that is. Seven weeks of seven years, each week of seven years, how many is that? 49 years, right? The three score two weeks or forty or sixty-two weeks is equal to four hundred and thirty-four years. Let's put that on there so I don't get messed up. So got forty-nine years. Then you've got four hundred and thirty-four years. Okay. Now these two divisions, those seven weeks and three score two weeks, make up a total of sixty-nine weeks. According to verse 25, that brings us from the decree to rebuild Jerusalem, which Ronald has not happened yet in our text, right? That's still future. To rebuild Jerusalem, that decree that's made, to the coming of the, watch verse 25, I'm not going to read it, but you watch it with me. To the coming of the Messiah as priests. Isn't that right? That's what those 69 weeks encompass. That one week, in verse, uh, where is that? Verse 26, is that right? That one week, is the Bible said, is after the Messiah is cut off, there's one more week of Jewish prophecy. Seven years. Are you kind of with me? Kind of sore? Maybe a little? Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about the first division. Verse 25, here's what the Bible said. Know therefore and understand that from the going forth of the commandment to restore and to build Jerusalem under the Messiah the Prince shall be seven weeks and three score two weeks. The streets shall be built again and the wall even in troublous times. Now, make a note of this if you take a note. It's interesting the entire thing gets kicked off by a decree. It's interesting. God tell Gabriel tells Daniel, speaking the word of God, boy, he says that all of this is going to start. Now hold on to that. All of this is going to start when the decree is signed. Alright? Starts the whole fight. That tells me it's not yet started. That tells me that right now, in this, in their text, God's not doing anything with the Jews. Is that right? What I tell you, Daniel, was a book of Gentile politics. God's focus in the book of Daniel is on the Gentile. The Jews have rebelled. The Jews have, have failed to comply with the word of God. He's allowed them to be taken into Babylonian captivity. And God stopped dealing with the Jew, let space, dealt with the Gentile. All right? Watch this. we got to hurry. So starts, this whole thing starts right here. Starts with a decree here. Right? And then it ends, this 69 weeks ends, the Bible said with the Messiah, the priest. Well, we know who that is. Alright, can I show you quickly? Let's hurry. All starts with a decree. Alright, watch this. This decree was made, we know, we look back at it. This decree was made in 445 BC by a fellow by the name of Araxtris. You can find that, in fact, in Nehemiah chapter 2, verse 1 through 6. Remember, Nehemiah's lamenting and the king, uh, Araxtris, signs a decree that the city of Jerusalem could be rebuilt. That happened, Kirk, in 445 B.C. What about that? And the moment, Nancy, that decree was signed, according to Daniel chapter 9, it kicked off 69 weeks. Is that right? Are you with me? All right, 445 BC. Y'all bored about this, ain't you? I see it. Watch this. 
You'll bear with me. It's good. I got a lot of groundwork to get some good parts. Now, these 69 weeks divide in two parts. The first division is of seven weeks or 49 years. Listen to this. History tells us. Listen to this. Now. It took 49 years. That seven weeks. Took 49 years, history said, from the signing of the decree until the rebuilding of the city of Jerusalem. 49 years. Almost like God wrote the Bible. Right. And I don't get it. exciting y'all one bit. That excites me. He said from the sign of the three, 74, uh, uh, seven weeks, 49 years, 49 years after the decree was signed, the city was rebuilt. That's amazing to me. What about them three score and two weeks? Um, let me say a few things quickly. Uh, that's the reason it's broke up. Seems strange. Seven weeks, three score and two weeks. All he was doing was this. He was telling Daniel, take 49 years, city be rebuilt. Is that right? Yeah. Oh, my. Take 49 years, city be rebuilt. Then if you'll wait another 430. <clears throat> oh, my. 49 years, city be rebuilt. If you'll wait 434 more, the Messiah's a couple. Oh, y'all want to hear from me? Yeah. Of the one that you're looking for. Yeah. Of the one that'll bring you out of bondage, the promised one. Yeah. He's a coming. He's a coming. Yeah. I don't know, but I'm wondering if Jews realized 49 years later how the city was rebuilt. Yeah. I wonder if maybe they didn't stop and say, He's a coming. He's a coming. Oh, y'all want to hear from me? But it's exciting me. Yeah. That thrills my heart. I think what it does for me. Yeah. I'm not looking back at Calvary. Yeah, but I'm looking forward to him coming again. Heaven, I realize that God's timeline is always right. It reminds me he's coming, thank God. Amen. 49 years he comes. 434 years later, uh, the Messiah, the Prince, has begun. Uh, so we 69 weeks, we've covered seven. Now, we lost 49 years from the decree to rebuild uh, and then the city was once again restored. Let's look at these 69 weeks. Now, watch what verse 25 said. Bible said, Know you therefore understand that from the going forth of the commandment to restore and build Jerusalem unto the Messiah the Prince, watch this, shall be seven weeks, three score, two weeks. So for the Messiah to come, at Daniel's standpoint, there's got to be a total of 69 weeks. It's seven weeks plus 62 weeks. All right. Um, or 483 years in total. Now, we must make a distinction to the fact that it is, watch this, the Messiah, the Prince. Let me show you something. When Jesus was born of a virgin, we believe that, don't we? Born of a virgin and laid in a manger there in Bethlehem. Uh, now, I realize the shepherds come, and I realize the wise men, uh, which they didn't come that night. They come about three years later, if you study your Bible. But uh, when they came, they recognized him as the Messiah. I understand that. But nobody else did. Everybody else saw him just like a baby. Nobody had room for me. Saw him through his childhood as a carpenter's son. Isn't that right? Yeah. I'd prove that to you. When he called his disciples, was it Nathaniel? Was it Nathaniel or was it Philip that said, Can any good thing come out of Nazareth? They weren't impressed by him. Oh my. You know when he was recognized as the deliverer of Israel? That's what Messiah means. On Palm Sunday, about a week before Calvary, when he came into Jerusalem, remember they laid them palm leaves down, laid their coats down, cried, Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna. By the way, that was not the first time that ever happened. They also did that during the 400 years between our Old Testament and New Testament. I don't have time to get into all of it, but they there was a, uh, oh Lord, my mind is left me. What was his name, Key? What was his name? I get it on the tip of my tongue, I can't get it out. Maybe. The Maccabees, that's right. Philip Maccabee and he, uh, what's his name? I can't think of it. I'll tell you after a while. Uh, but he uh, led a revolt against Rome. And uh, they, when he came into Jerusalem, they laid the palm leaves and laid his coat down and cried Hosanna because they thought, Nancy, he was the Messiah. Yeah. But he wasn't. 
Jesus coming on Palm Sunday, they did the same thing. You know what's sad though? Same ones that cried out, Hosanna, Hosanna. A week later, cried out, crucify him. Yeah. Crucify him. All right? That's when he was recognized as Messiah, the Prince. Now notice, we know something in that, in that verse. The Prince is capital P. All right? The Messiah, the Prince, capital P. That'll be important here in a moment. So we see from the sign of the creed till the time that he comes into Jerusalem is this 69 week period, 69 times 7. All right, let's, let's hurry quickly. Um, wasn't until Palm Sunday we wrote in Jerusalem called for Mass. Jesus openly declared himself to be the Messiah and the Son of God. Now, watch this. I'm not going to write it down because I don't have time, but uh, if you take a note, write these dates down. Here's what history tells us. The signing of the decree, I told you it happened in 444, 445 B.C., but history tells us, Elaine, that it was signed on March the 14th, 444 B.C. That's when Rex Harris, all the way back here in 444 B.C., that's when he signed the decree, March the 14th, 445 B.C. The triumphant entry into Jerusalem happened on April the 6th, history tells us, 32 A.D. It was exactly, oh my, it was exactly 173,880 days between the two events. What history tells us. Now, you say, preacher, what's so good about that? Somebody got your phone out. Give me, give me a calculator. Whoever it might be. Somebody got the fire. All right. Somebody got it? Yeah, go ahead. Do 173,880 days. 173,000. How many? 880 days. Okay. Now, we got to find out how many years that is. Right? Mm -hmm. How many days in a prophetical year? 360. 360. Divide that by 360. 483. What about that? Mm. Now watch this. Divide that, if you would, by seven years. Seven, seven weeks. Seven years in a week. How many? 69. 69. I don't get excited about that. But you want me to tell you what that means? That means that all the way back in Daniel chapter 9, God told Daniel, when the decree is signed on March the 14th, 445 BC, it's going to kick things off for the nation of Israel. 49 years after that, God said the city would be rebuilt. Guess what? It was. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Hey, oh my. Hey, 434 years after that, he said the Messiah, the Prince, Come marching through the gates of Jerusalem, yeah. that city that's been rebuilt. And can I show you something? It wasn't within a month. Yeah. What within a week? It was to the day. Yeah. Oh my, ain't that a blessing? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. You don't have to agree with me. I I know this is speculation, but I tell you what, I believe Chris with all my heart. I believe that if it's Terrace signed that decree at 12.05 a.m., I believe Jesus come through the gates of Jerusalem at 12.05 a.m. I mean, right to the minute, right to the second. You say, preacher, I don't know about that. I believe it, friend. God's timeline is never messed up. It's always right. And he prophesied it right to the day. I say, thank God for the blessing that God has things running right according to his timeline. I wonder how many times in those years from the time that Daniel was told to the time that Christ came into Jerusalem. wonder how many times the Jews thought, I don't think it's supposed to be like this. I don't know if things are still running right. Does that sound for me tonight? I've been honest with you, but a few times recently, that I thought, Lord, what are you doing? Are things supposed to be like this? That's why I love prophecy. It reminds me that he knows what he's doing. Nothing's taking him by surprise. It's running right along with schedule. It'll happen just like he said he would. Oh, man, that excites me. Right to the day. Yeah. Now, here's the problem. 
what day was that? What day I think Jesus come walking in uh, to Jerusalem? I told that a minute ago. Uh, March 4th, no, April the 6th, 32 AD, Jesus come walking into Jerusalem. Now here's the problem. It's been a lot more than seven years. All this land, look, we've covered tonight, look what we've covered. 49 years from the assignment of the decree, 49 years, temples rebuilt. 434 years after that, oh my, Christ in Jerusalem. That happened. Thank God for it. The problem with it, all we've got left is seven years. And it's been longer than seven years. It's been over 2,000 years. Yeah. They're right. My soul hurt. I don't take what I'm about to say the wrong way. I'm using it as an illustration of the body of my name. What happened? God prophesied the coming of his son into Jerusalem down to the very day. Surely he's not off 2,000 years. They're right. Told you a few things to remember. What does God do? He deals with one people at a time. Watch this. A week after Palm Sunday, remember what happened? The Bible said that he came unto his own and what? His own received him not. Oh my, there at Pilate's hall, Pilate said, I washed my hands of the blood of him. And the Jews cried out and said, Let his blood be on our hands and the hands of our children. And for 2,000 years, God has honored their request. Yeah. Is that right? right. What's what your Bible said? Well, look at me quickly. I'm going to walk somewhere. Watch, watch with me tonight, if you will. Um, he was not one day too early or one day too late. It was literally fulfilled exactly to the day. Now, um, how do we explain this, this pause in the timeline? Now, here's what you think. Remember, all the way back in the book of Genesis, when God called Abraham and the land of the earth, the Chaldees, that was the birth, in a lot of ways, of the Jewish nation. Imagine, if you would, a pendulum. You know what that one thinks of swing back and forth? Imagine a pendulum. God reaches down in his grace and calls Abraham out of a heathen nation serving idol gods and uh, pagan gods, and he calls him out, separates him from himself, and says, I'll make of thee a great nation. God reaches down and starts the clock. That pendulum begins to swing. All right? And for years, Nancy is just ticking right along. Things going just exactly like God had him from the bake. And then, they reach a point that the Jews refused to repent. They refused to get under God's commandments and God's ordinances. So eventually, God, after warning them over and over again, God sends Babylonian captivity. And when they go into Babylonian captivity, God reaches down and stops the clock. Yeah, right. All right? And at that time, he turns in the book of Daniel, he turns to the Gentiles. He's no longer giving the Jews revelation about their future. Now he's telling the Gentiles. He prophesies in the book of Daniel the Roman Empire. He prophesies the Grecian Empire, the Medes and the Persians. All these things he's prophesying. Starting with Babylon, going all the way to Rome, and in my opinion, the Roman Catholic Church. Yeah. Those two go together. God stops the clock on the Jews, turns to the Gentiles. What I say, 445 BC, that writing, that, that, that uh, uh, decree. decree is signed. God reaches down and starts the clock again. Yeah. 69 weeks ticks right along. Temple's rebuilt in 49 years. 400, what is it? 434 years after that, uh, the Christ was in Jerusalem. And the moment he made that they refused him. Jews crucify him. God reaches down and stops the clock again. Last 2,000 years, he's not dealing with the Gentile. He's not dealing with the Jew. He's dealing with the church. That's the explanation for Paul. Yeah, right. You know why there's just one week left for the Jew? 
because he's dealing with the church. You know. Now I realize he's saving Gentiles. He's saving Jews. But everything, the whole, well not the whole thing, but the most of the back half of your Bible, not dealing with the Jews as much. Right. Dealing with the church. Is that right? Yeah. After Calvary, the Gospels, they point to the Jews. Especially the Gospel of Matthew. He, uh, he writes to the Jews. It's writing to the Jews. Oh my, with my jaw, and we see a distinct change. Uh, by the book of Acts, we begin to see Acts chapter 10. Uh, God sends the vision that Cornelius' house and tells Paul, Arise, kill and eat. What God is pleased, let no man call that common. And, uh, it's a change. God is switching up to the church. And, oh, by, by the time we get to 1 Corinthians, the 2 Corinthians, and Ephesians, Galatians, Philippians, uh, uh, 1 2 Timothy, Titus, uh, it's written, oh, by, it's written to the church. Uh, he's turned his attention to the church. That's the explanation yeah. of the Paul. And tonight, there's still seven years on the Jewish prophetical calendar. Yeah. Not yet been died. Right. Seven years. I said one more time. I said every time I see it, say it, I see a few light bulbs going off. Seven years. Can we think of anything yet to come that lasts seven years? Yeah. Tribulation period. Right. Book of Jeremiah called it a time of Jacob's trouble. Yeah. Not for the church. They're high. Right. Not for the church. Church will not be here during the tribulation period. Yeah. Jacob, God changed his name to Israel. All right. The tribulation period, a time of Jacob, Israel's trouble. Yeah. Tribulation period, that last seven years, that's when God will pull them back into themselves. Ain't that grace? Yeah. Came to his own, his own received him not. But God still, he turns attention to the church, but he still reserved seven years. It'll not be pleasant. It'll be literal hell on earth for seven years. And God will reclaim the Jews back in themselves. That's the last seven years. What about that? Can I show you something? Watch this. You say, preacher, I don't believe that. I think you're just making that stuff up. Can I show you the scripture? I've got some more out of those. I don't even know where I'm at. Um, let's see. Uh, uh, da, 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 da. Oh, let me say a few things. At the death of his son, God stopped the clock from the Jews. I told you that. Um, that began the distillation of grace, church age. By the way, that was not revealed to Daniel. Daniel didn't, I told you, they had, the prophets didn't see the church age. Daniel didn't see anything about those 2,000 years you and I have been living in and God dealing with the church. He just saw 69 weeks, seven weeks, yeah. or one week, isn't that right? Yeah. Watch this. Um, so the last approximately 2,000 years, the Jewish prophetical clock has been stopped at 69 weeks. All right, I got to hurry. Um, notice with me, if you will, in verse number, or at verse twenty, uh, verse twenty-six. After three score two weeks, shall Messiah be cut off? That's all about his death, but not for himself. Well, which top right there? Shall lie, couldn't we? Yeah. Didn't get it. He died in verse twenty-six, but it wasn't for him. You say, preacher, who's it for? I'm glad to report you tonight. It was for me and for you and for the whole world, for Jew, Gentile alike. Uh, he purchased from that and cleansed their sin to uh, be able to make a new body of the church. That's what he's dealt with the last 2,000 years. Uh, he was cut off, but not for himself. Watch this. And the people of, watch this, the prince. There's a problem with that. That prince in verse 26. Not the same as verse 25. Lower case. Yeah. Everything God has, Satan wants to have something similar. God has angels, Satan has demons. They're right. God has a book, a Bible, Satan has millions of them. I don't have time getting all that, but he does have millions of them. Now, I'm not just talking about a satanic Bible. Oh, God, hit me. Yeah. I can't get off on that. Uh, he's got several counterfeits. He wants it to look just as much like it as he can, yeah. uh, but it's not the real thing. Yeah. Oh my. Watch this. That prince, oh my thing, that Christ. So similar. Spelled the same. Looks the same. It's just lowercase. That capital letter, by the way, it denotes uh, authority. It denotes uh, seniority. It denotes, denotes placement. 
Aren't you glad that we're serving the prince? How about, oh my, oh, nowhere in Second Peter says Second Peter, how about the Bible said, be so for me, be that for your adversary as a roaring lion. The Bible said Jesus is the lion of the tribe of Judah, but Satan is as a lion. Yeah. Looks real similar. Not the same thing. Why am I going to worry about something that's similar to a lion when I've got a lion living within me? Yeah, right. Well, the Bible said, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Yeah. Right. Oh, he is a counterfeit. A lion, the father of it. Here in the text, prince, lowercase, it denotes, it's the Antichrist. It denotes that he is not the same as Messiah, the capital P, prince. Not the same. Similar, not the same. Many during the tribulation period, many, they believe he is the Messiah. 41. He'll set himself up to be. He'll claim to be the Messiah. I even said many believe a lie. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Watch this. I gotta hurry. I gotta quit. So we see that P. Not only do we see the prince, but the Bible said the people of the prince there in verse 26. Now, in my notes, I preached this after looking at chapter 2 and chapter 7. So we we already talked about the Christ, but I want to get all that. Uh, but I will say this, he'll come, according to the book of Daniel, he'll come from the restored Roman Empire. So the people of the prince refers here in the text to the Roman Empire. Uh, Antichrist come out of the restored Roman Empire uh, there during the tribulation period. Uh, notice me, verse 26, I got hurry. The people of the prince that shall come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary. Now, in 70 AD, the Roman Empire destroyed the city of Jerusalem along with the temple, fulfilling physically this portion of prophecy. However, the destruction of 78 AD was but a foreshadowing of the yet future destruction to be led by the Antichrist. We'll see that as we go through this study on prophecy. If you'll let me hurry, I got one more page and I quit. Verse 27, notice this, talking about this prince, the Antichrist. And he, called the Antichrist, shall confirm, watch this, the covenant. I told you a minute ago, it's interesting that this whole timeline kicked off with the sign of a covenant. Everything God does, Satan wants to do too. Yeah. You know what the tribulation period will be kicked off with? The rapture of the church. But what really kicks it off is the signing of a covenant. Yeah. Between the Antichrist and the nation of Israel. Well, all my God, let me see about Verse 27, that we're man. Uh, he shall confirm the covenant with many for one week and in the midst of the week what about that one week seven years what's the middle of the week three and a half days yeah. three and a half years alright yeah. oh my in the midst of the week he shall cause the sacrifice and the oblation to cease and for the overspreading of abomination he shall make it desolate even until the consummation that shall be poured upon the desolate. Here's what's going to happen. I'm quitting. That last week, God, the Bible said, is it, is it the book of Hebrews where the Bible said, He that now leadeth will lead? Talking about the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost now, everything that happens in our world, everything that Satan does, the Holy Ghost wrong leads, he uh, allows, if you would. But when the church goes out, Holy Ghost going with us. Is that right? Seven years after the rapture of the church, it God, Satan will have free reign over the earth. Now watch this. Oh my. For three and a half years of that. It'll not be pleasant. It'll not be good. I've I've heard before people say three and a half years of peace. That's not right. It'll still be three and a half years of torture. It'll still be three and a half years of literal hell on earth. But for three and a half years, the Antichrist will confirm. His covenant with Israel. What happened is he'll say, if you'll come make a bond with me, I'll protect you. I'll take care of you. I'm the Messiah. He'll set himself up to be worshipped as God. We'll find that in our study. Verse 27, verse 27. Uh, he shall turn the covenant with men for one week. And in the midst of the week, he shall cause a sacrifice and oblation to cease. After three and a half years, he says, no more sacrifice in the temple. No more worshiping God. What happens is he'll say, You worship me. They're high. Yeah. 
Oh, can you imagine that day when those Jews had trusted him? Believed that was the Messiah. Now it's three and a half years, he says, I worship God anymore. Worship me. Man, I, I'm looking forward to it, Wendy. I really am. I tell you, uh, we're going to find out all kinds of stuff. Uh, there's a thought that maybe uh, he'll, he'll imitate, and I believe he will. I believe in the tribulation period, he'll imitate the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. I believe that. Oh, I'll show it to you one day if the Lord will let me. Uh, everything he does, he imitates. Yeah. He'll set himself up to be worshipped as God. Three and a half years, he'll confirm the covenant. After those three and a half years, look what your Bible said. How do I do that? Uh, in the midst of the week, he should call the across the place seas. And for the overspread of abominations, that takes place in the last three and a half years. Man, the abominations, the Bible said they overspread. The overspread of abominations. That's three and a half years. It's, if it was bad enough the first three and a half years, those last three and a half years, man, things really get kicked up a notch. We'll see that in the book of Revelation. Uh, he should make it desolate. Even until the consummation, that determination should be poured upon the destiny. Oh, my. I don't want to leave you there. That's where my notes end. I don't want to leave you there. Will you give me just, you give me just five minutes? If you go back, praise in the book of Daniel. Nebuchadnezzar has that dream and sees that great image and the head of gold and the uh, breastplate of silver and the uh, legs of iron and the feet of iron and clay. And, uh, that's all the Gentile nations. Out of them toes, them ten kingdoms united together again come the Roman Empire. Out of them ten nations come the Antichrist. Oh my, what a sad thing. But that's not the end of that vision. Just when it seems all hope's gone, King Nebuchadnezzar said, I saw a rock, not hewn out with hands. Oh my. Come rolling down that mountain. And it hit that statue, that image, right on the toes. The Bible said he'd break it asunder. Oh my. In the tribulation period, still some more things to happen. In the tribulation period, in that seven years, that last of Daniel's weeks, oh my, that's when he's coming back. Not to rapture the church, we've been gone. This is not the rapture, but the revelation. Revelation 19, John said, I saw heaven open, and a white horse, oh my, he that sat upon it, whose name was faithful and true. Is that right? Out of his mouth, from sharp to his soul. That with it he should spite the nations. You know what happens? Revelation 19, the end of the tribulation period. He's coming back. Can I give you some good news? You're saved tonight. You're coming with him. Yeah. All right. Oh my. He'll not meet us this. He'll lift one finger. For with the power of his word, he'll smite the nations. That is the battle of Armageddon. That day, all the nations of the earth will gather together in the battle of Armageddon. All the nations of the earth will come to put siege on Israel. And when it looks like all hope's gone for Israel, their 70 weeks will be up. And he's coming back. All those nations, next he'll turn to face him. Oh my, he'll smite them with the word of his power. Oh my, y'all ain't a good man. And then, to restore Israel, that now has made it through the tribulation period. Those that have not taken the mark of the beast, those that have—I uh, don't like to use this term—but endured to the end, if you will. Uh, those Israelites who've been reclaimed, uh, along with you and I, will rule and reign with them for a thousand years. Oh my! Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that beautiful? Then the other thousand years, Satan will be loose for a season. Is that right? And then all those that were born during the millennial reign for a thousand years, he'll return it back to a Garden of Eden type world. Everything that Adam lost, he'll restore in the millennial reign. For a thousand years, we'll rule and reign with him. After a thousand years, Satan will be loosed. And then all those that were born during the millennial reign, they'll have to make a choice just like you and I did. By grace through faith, we get saved. The Bible said the same thing is even in a perfect world with a perfect Savior, there'll be many that will be deceived by Satan. Then after that, oh my, after that, that picks us up, Revelation chapter 20. That's when the dead, small, and great stand before God. That'll be a sad day. You know, I'll see the dead, small, and great stand before him, casting in the lake of fire, death and hell casting on top of them. But on that same day, we'll see Satan that deceived us, tortured us, 
will finally see the Savior put his foot to his throat for the last time. Be cast in the lake of fire where the beast that's the Antichrist. And false prophet, oh, that's, that's the Holy Ghost, the anti-Holy Ghost, false prophet. The Holy Ghost is the truth. He speaks the truth. The false prophet, that's what Satan has. They'll be cast in the lake of the, 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 the Satan will be cast in the lake of fire with the beast and the false prophet on Never to be loosed again. Oh my. The, the Bible said forever. Just for good measure, the Holy Ghost and, and ever. What about that? Now that begins the eternal state. Revelation 21. God said, I saw a new heaven and a new earth. And the old things are passed away. Then he got to the part I like. Saw a new city. New Jerusalem coming down out of heaven as a bride adorned for her husband. My, my, what a blessing. You and I will live with him forever and ever and ever. What a joy. Don't you love prophecy? I tell you, it's a joy to me. I love it. I, I, like, I like to know. You say, preacher, do you really believe all that? You better believe I do. Yeah. He told Daniel 49 years the city be rebuilt. Guess what it was? Right? Right. Except for her 34 years after that, beside the prince come. Guess what he did? Fat Kirk that he told me one of these days, the dead Christ shall rise first, those which are alive remain, shall be caught up in the air to meet them in the air, and so shall I have no problem believing that. Right. As he prophesied, that had to come true. I believe that had to come true too. Oh, yeah. Amen. Isaiah chapter 7, he prophesied his son be born of a virgin, and guess what he was? I, I believe it. He'd keep his promises to me. I have no problem. I believe it. I've got a place with him. I have for all eternity. I have no problem. I believe it. He'd save a sinner. I have no problem believing the church isn't going down. I have no problem believing the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. I have no problem believing that. If you study prophecy, don't fail to look at what's already happened. It'll give you faith for what is to come. Everything that for, for the first advent, first coming of Christ, everything he said happened wrong just like he said it would. Yeah. Oh my, I ought to do a study on that. I, what if you started, Wendy? I, 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 I want to go back and show you how the place where he'd be born, born was, was prophesied. How the person who would be born was prophesied. I mean, we can look at all kinds of things that every bit of it happened just like he said it would. Right. Oh my, I have no problem believing he's coming. Have no problem that I believe that I'm not being the rapture. One preacher said it like this. It makes sense. i got to quit. God help me. I've got to quit. One preacher said it like this. It's not real smart, I don't guess, but he said if we're the bride, what kind of man would marry his bride? Now, the marriage something of the Lord and the Lamb's not yet happened. That happens in Revelation 19. Here's what he said. He said, what kind of man would marry a bride and right before their wedding night let them be beat up? Yeah, that's right. Right. Why would he put us in the tribulation period? He's purchased us. He's saved us. We've loved him and served him. And we're going to be, we're his bride. Right. Why would he allow us to go through that? <clears throat> All right. It's time for Jacob's trouble. It's for Israel. Yep. No reason for you and I to be there. Oh my. Say this quickly. I've got to hurry. Some discrepancy about this. Some will disagree with me, but I, I believe if the Lord will let me, I'll show you maybe next week. Oh, yeah, maybe next week. But I believe all my heart, Nancy, for individual. There, I've heard people say, I've had them come up the back door before and look at me and say, if I open my eyes when the tribulation period, I'll just endure. I just won't take the mark of the beast. I'll just live right and do right. And I'll make it those seven years. That's not that long. I, I'll be all right. I'll make it the tribulation period. It's not for the church, but it's not for the Gentile either. Yeah. All right? I believe all my heart for man, woman, boy, girl, Reach the age of accountability. Those three say God's dead with them. And they, right the church takes place, they're left behind. Them books and movies left behind, they depicted that all these people should have got saved, didn't, but they made it through tribulation. I don't believe that to be true. The Bible said that God would send them strong delusion mm -hmm. that they believe a lie. Yeah. Is that right? Mm -hmm. What about that? Their day of grace is over. Right? Dispensation right. of grace is over when the church is right. Yes, the tribulation period. What a sad thing. I was here tonight, I wasn't saved. I wouldn't waste no time. God's a deal on no heart tonight. 
I wouldn't waste no time. Oh my, what a sad thing to be here hearing the truth of the gospel just not accepted. Then God sends strong delusion that you believe a lie. I gotta quit. I've got to quit. But I, can I say this? The the so many people I had so many people call me different church, not here in the church, but other churches have preached that call me and said, Preacher, do you think that the COVID vaccine is the mark of the beast? And I said, Absolutely not. But I will say this. And don't fall out when I say this. I believe it's getting people ready for it. Yeah. Don't fall out. I'm not, I'm not preaching against the COVID vaccine. If you took that's wonderful. If you didn't, that's wonderful. I could I don't, I could be honest with you, don't, don't get mad at me. I couldn't give two rips either way. But what I would tell you is something happened people was not ready for. And the government stepped up and said, we've got an answer. Yeah. All right. right. And they flocked. I come through Moxville one day when it first come out. And I, I promise you they lined up for I bet you 20 miles waiting to get in and get that shot. When it does happen, you're not going to buy yourself that tomorrow. When it does happen, I believe the government, the public, millions of people just be gone just like that. I believe the government's like, we've got the answer. Mm-hmm. You have to put this in your skin. Right. Your hand on your forehead. Brother, I don't believe they're going to, I don't believe they're going to run away from me. I believe they'll flock to it. Yeah. Listen, right? I don't, you don't hear everything I hear. I've had people say, do you think when they put Apple Pay on your cell phone, people say, do you think that's the mark of the beast? Absolutely not. But I do think it's getting people ready for it. Yeah. You don't have to have cash anymore. No. You don't have to have a card anymore. Right. I, they've got to set up. I don't have no mind. Some of them probably do. I can set up and on my watch when I get gas. I just put my watch up against the pump and it pays for it. I, I believe it's getting people ready for that. Right. I don't believe that's the mark of the beast. I, I'm not preaching against it, but I believe uh, that Satan is allowed and God's allowing these things to transpire. It'll not be that hard of a stretch. We already have on our wrists. Mm-hmm. won't be that far of a stretch they put it in your hand. Right. <laughs> we already scan our eyes to go into certain places. It won't be that far of a stretch say put something in your forehead. We already get a vaccine. Right. Now don't lose me tonight. I'm just better. You're right. You're right. Now don't fall at me when I'm about to say I'm not preaching a stone vaccine. But a hundred years ago, if the government come out and said you have to get this, they'd have been red blood Americans stand up and say, You watch me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is that right? right. We're being conditioned. The word, not the church. I'm not on my church. We'll be gone. And I believe with all my heart, God's allowing the world to be conditioned. You're right. Is that right? Oh, my. You know what that tells me? It's getting closer than it's ever been. Yeah. One old preacher said this, I've got to quit. It is 12 after 8. But y'all looking at me now like you're listening to me. You want to listen to me? It is 12 after 8. One old preacher said this. He said, the church will not be able to take the mark of the beast. But he said, I don't remember what he said. He was talking about something else. But he said, the church might be able to take the market piece, but it never said we wouldn't know what it was when we stood here. That's something. What I've heard all my life, and I believe this, you realize tonight the Antichrist could be a teenager, a child, a baby, right now. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, right. You say, Preacher, I don't think Satan and sin like that. He does everything God does. God sent his son as a babe wrapped in a manger. Tell right? Well, I believe Satan probably sent him to a wealthy home. Probably put him in play. Oh, God, I can't get in all that. I get myself in trouble. But, uh, oh, man. Uh, But can I say this? That excites me. I believe that's a little closer to that than we've ever been. Now, the Bible said no man knows the day of the iron so many people. I realize that. I believe all my heart. I don't know when it is, but you know this. It's closer tonight than it was yesterday. Right. It'll be closer tomorrow than it is today. Yeah. Oh my, that ought to put an excitement in our hearts. Or to put a bread in our souls to know our loved ones could be sending away their dead grace from this very moment. Or put, that ought to put a desire for us to say our loved ones here saying, Auntie, I'll be honest with you, it does something to me. It excites me when I get to thinking just any day I could be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. Oh my, more old preacher said, whether it be by cloud or whether it be by clock, I'm going to go into him one day. Isn't that right? 
Now, I got to preach. Y'all been so patient. Thank you tonight. Daniel Samuel. I know that I simply happen around the world to get there. Uh, but if you'll understand that timeline in the head as we go forward. Seventy weeks for the nation of Israel. They fulfilled 69. One week left for them. Right now, we're in the church. God, let's be repeated.